0: Those will be on Okay, great. So, um, but before we get started, just, last week we talked about um, sort of like some biblical ideas on how to like transfer your faith to your kids. Um, and really the main point that I wanted you to get is that um, if, if you are putting effort into your own faith, um, there's not like a, you have to be able to teach all of this stuff in a well executed, you know, speech kind of thing as much as... Like learning how to let your faith show through your actions and in what you do. Um, Part of that is I think just as a person and as a human learning to let your faith sink further into your life. Um, So I think like for for me too, that's, you know, when I'm I'm teaching up in front of the class on a Sunday morning, I have a certain impact. But then how I react to whatever happens on a youth trip um, has another kind of impact. Um, so that's kind of like what the what the idea there was last week. So this week, um, we're going to have just a panel of parents who have finished parenting teenagers, um, kind of, in, and have little space to see kind of what, you know, what happened and sort of like some of the things they did and some of the things they might do differently. So um, it's going to be my parents, the fries, and the greniers, so you guys can all come on up. And I have chairs up here for you. Jack, give them a round of applause. (laughs) So I've pre emailed them several questions, um, and all of so all of the questions that I'll be asking, I meant to put them. I was gonna put them up on the screen, but there's not really a good way to do that without blinding anybody. So um, I'm just gonna have them here, and you just have to remember the questions I guess as we ask them Um, but so I asked each um, each couple to start off by answering three questions that they're all going to answer and then I have a few questions I'd like to ask them and just one or two might answer Um, and then we'll open it up to any questions you guys might have um, from the perspective of currently parenting. So the the first three questions I asked them to answer um, is the first one is what was one of your favorite or most memorable parenting moments and then the second, um, what sort of traditions or rhythms did your family have to grow closer together and closer to Jesus? And the third one, how do you evaluate successful parenting in yourself? Did that change after your kids left the house? So why don't we start on the other end there with David and Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Most memorable dinner time together. That probably doesn't
1: register for what you were looking for, but we—the first thing would say—is just dinner time.
2: We, we generally always eat dinner together. Um, that was awesome. Second one is um, a trip that we were on. We were all at each other's throats. It seemed like we were just all getting at each other, and we just, you know, declared, "Okay, enough!" And we were was it. 1
1: Corinthians 13, it was the fruit of, Spirit. The, fruit of yeah. the Spirit, and we, we decided to each
2: choose one fruit of the Spirit to just work on, you know, just going to choose one to work on, don't tell anybody what it is you're working on, and for the rest of the trip, that was what we were trying to do, and it completely
1: changed, <laughs> just the demeanor of how we, how we interacted with each other, it was awesome, <laughs> So and and of then of we had a reveal. Refi- then we had a reveal at the end, where we asked people to guess what. What you think I was working on? And this was. This wasn't just our kids. This was Kathy and me too. You know, we were. We were having to work on some stuff too, and so it was. It was, you know, if you guys know in the modern world of gamification, that's where everything becomes a game, and it. it it's really effective <laughs> <laughs> do, grown do up plans, you
2: ask three questions real quick? Yeah. Since we've kind of the traditions, rhythms.
1: Um, okay. we, yeah. we, did, we did everything as a family.
2: And that was kind of from the beginning through the end. We just, you know, if Sarah had a thing, we, you know, what we told the kids was, hey, Sarah's got this thing, we'll, we'll be leaving, you know, we'll have dinner, then we'll leave and go do that. We kind of just did everything as a family, Um, whether it was church, church activities, um, supporting each other in their various events. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah, just to, uh, you know, let's say it this way. We just moved through life as a unit. Um, And we didn't ask our kids, do you want to go to your brother's band concert? Do you want to go to your sister's track meet? Do you want to... You know, if you just sort of establish a rhythm, and this is what you do, and I'm a big believer <coughs> that families are not democracies, if you're, if you're always taking a vote, you know, if you're a six-year-old, you're, in my opinion, already in trouble, but uh, we, we just established that this was who we were and what we did, and that included uh, being very integrated with all the church activities, not just the teen ones, but the adult ones, and the pretty ones, and it just became normal life, I would say. And then, how do we
2: evaluate successful? How do we evaluate successful parenting in ourselves? Um, did that change after our kids left the house? Kind of, Go ahead. Yeah, we talked about this. Um,
1: here. Uh, we, we would say this, I think, that um, successful parenting is reaching past the outer and behaviors to the heart. Um, so, you have to teach behaviors and right and wrong, especially when we talk about parenting, we're talking about from zero to forever. But also, in this class, you know, the when they leave your home, just briefly, I would say that um, we just, you know, is when you can see the principles of following Christ manifesting your children's heart in a way that you didn't necessarily teach them. So, principles, if you teach rules, You'll have rule followers if you teach rules plus the principle behind the rule. They can apply the principle in any situation they find themselves in. And as parents, you don't get to see that very often. But when you do, you rejoice and fall on your knees and thank God for His grace for the for that happening. So and you know, and we were definitely not
2: perfect in that. We lost sight of that at times. And, and I certainly did, but um, but that. Oh, to to.
0: Yeah. yeah, great. All right, the fries. Same questions for all of them.
3: What, what they said? All right, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we need to fill more time. <laughs> that's it, pretty amazing. The parallels, really. uh, We talked about it, and uh, one of the things that came to mind for me was (coughs) cooking breakfast every morning. Jana worked and had to get off early, or leave early, and so I would cook breakfast, and I guess i would even forgotten about this, but I was reminded that uh, we would read Proverbs at some point during the meal, and uh, on and on and on. And then just being silly, making animal pancakes and trying to get them to make the sounds of whatever animals that we were making in the pancake bowl. Is that right? No, in the skillet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, All three three kids, I made sure that they had a lawn mowing business because they, uh, I wanted them to, I knew that they were going to want a car, of some sort when they were 16 and I didn't intend to pay for it all. So we commandeered them to start a lawn mowing business Business, and uh, that was just a, a good opportunity to teach a lot of different things because they all pretty much hated it for the first couple of years. And then uh, uh, one incident in particular, we had picked up another lawn uh, for, Uh, I'll just say one of them and uh, they were already content with the four that we were doing every Saturday anyway and to think of doing five was just kind of over the top. But uh, when the scowls became apparent to me on the first and second and third row of mowing, I simply walked out in front of where they were mowing. and said uh, they had no opportunity to come past me. So when they got there, just a growling look on their face. And I said, like this, which meant to shut the motor off. And I said, you were were focusing on the task and not the goal. And then all of a sudden we got happy a little bit and finished the the project, alternatively the job.
4: It was hard for me to come up with favorite and most memorable parody moments because I kept going from, you know, just the daily and things that we did to specific times when I felt like, okay, I reached them on this one. But for me, I, I was the mom taxi cab forever with all of their activities. But I loved picking them up from school and hearing first thing you know what how was your day or this or that good or bad if they're teaching moments there and and driving around and driving around but um, one thing I think is so important is to keep that open communication and never show I'm not saying never feel but never show alarm with what they might tell you um, because um, you know you want them to tell i had an experience when i was young fifth grade and i um you know the thing then w- that was happening in my class was we had boyfriends. And all that meant was that we looked across the room and did this to each other we didn't see each other on the playground or anything like that but i went home and, and said something at dinner about having a boyfriend and my dad came on glued mm-hmm. at fifth grade and i understand but i never wanted to share anything with my parents then after that. So, I I tried really hard to avoid that. But, um, you know, another thing that was really difficult, but um, one of our kids was um, really struggling in their sophomore year, really struggling with depression and um, just fitting, just who we are. And um, ended up in a math class Um, sitting at at assigned tables and hearing (coughs) the other boys talk about sex they'd had the night before and doing drug deals right there. (coughs) And um, I would drive home every day, pick this child up and drive home with them begging me to homeschool. And that was really hard. I I wanted to go Hmm. rip some Hands up! I wanted to talk to the teacher and say, "Move this child," you know. Um, and I did say, "Did you talk to the teacher?" You know. But then I stepped back, and this was a God moment because I wouldn't have thought of it, and said, "Wait a minute. Are are you in this place at this moment for a purpose? And and can you handle that? And if not, you need to get out of it." But is there something here that God is trying to use you for? And so, you know, that's those are just parenting, memorable parenting moments. Mm-hmm. I have a fun story about Jason, but I will not go there. <laughs> you, should, you, should. You, should. you definitely should. <laughs> <laughs> like I try to make it really fast. You know, as teenagers, we want them to learn responsibility. And... Um, sometimes some people some kids have to learn the hard way and um, (laughs) i believe it was the fall of your senior year and playing soccer and it was after a soccer practice at um, rocky mountain high school and because there was a game the next day some of us moms brought a team dinner there right there on the field and we were kind of at the east side of the parking lot if i remember correctly at rocky and so the kids had eaten, the boys had eaten, and um, that was when French Field got their new turf. It was a brand new thing, and there was a Friday night, and there was a football game that was about to happen, Rocky, I believe, against Pooter. So that parking lot was going to be full. Well, um, after you practice soccer, you know, you have a t-shirt and soccer shorts on and nothing else, no pockets, no anything. and and his truck was parked right there next to the field and so it was over the dinner was over and someone said hey let's go look at the new turf you know and so off jason went with a couple other guys to look at the turf and i thought okay they'll be right back and i'm still here cleaning up because there set his truck with the windows open the keys in it soccer cleats in it and saxophone in it and he just took off and so i continued my cleanup and all and then i didn't see him come back and didn't see him come back and so the parking lot started filling up for the game and i um, i thought okay so i got in his truck and i moved it to a different part of the parking lot and then i parked my van right next to it and i sat there and i remember by the time it's dark, and I see him wandering through the parking lot looking for his truck, thinking, this truck could be in Denver by now. It's that long. And I don't remember if I finally stepped out to get your attention, or I, I did let you wander for a while. I remember
2: that. And then when I
4: did find you, or you did find us, I just said, I'll see you at home. <laughs> you know, I think I might have said, this truck could be in Denver by now. But anyway, sometimes you have to okay. just figure out what, what it's gonna take to get them to learn. That was a fun, I'm talking way too much. Rhythms and traditions, camps, mission trips, uh, we did, like you, everything as a family. It wasn't an option not to, and almost to a fault. At, at times um, with our youngest, but um, if the kids were fighting, they could not spend time with other friends <coughs> until things were right at home, period. And and we really didn't have a whole lot of our kids arguing with each other, but family had to be, the, the unit had to be strong first before we could branch out.
3: I would tell the boys when they were fighting, <coughs> I can hear the... Commotion in one of her bedroom, and I'd walk in and see that they were fighting, and I would simply say, "Let me know who wins. I want to fight the winner." And then I would leave. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, and we and didn't fight
3: much. <laughs> become rather quiet. Did That's when it? they were like this. <laughs> <nine."> <laughs> <laughs>
4: sometimes kids aren't going to agree with your answer. Can I do this or can I do that or whatever? And as teenagers, um, sometimes I I just had to say, you know, I have to answer to God for the way I raise you and the choices that I make in raising you. And um, someday you will answer to God for your choices. But right now that is my responsibility and this is the answer. story. Do you
3: want to talk about successful parenting? Evaluate yourself. Um, I don't remember which answer is mine. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, Well, that's really a hard question, number one, to answer, uh, successful parenting, because... uh, I guess one of the things we talked about was, I always tell people, considering who their parents are, they turned out really well. (laughs) And so that's part of it. You know, how do they turn out? And uh, that doesn't mean that they're perfect, by any means, or that we certainly don't claim to have done anything that was stellar or outstanding or perfect. But uh, I think one of the things that... uh, we can, and from time to time see, is that we try to instill in them whether they become, whatever, fill in the blank, (coughs) Uh, a doctor, a lawyer, a fireman, a policeman, an engineer, a physical therapist, or whatever, if your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, then none of that matters. It really doesn't. And so whatever you end up doing or becoming, Sure, that your relationship with God through Christ is always intact. So I think that's probably the you know, really isn't that the most successful thing we can do as parents is direct them towards God, and it's it's not a straight line for sure. It's a it's a scenic route oftentimes, and more times than not, it's a gravel road uh, as opposed to an interstate highway. So. I think that would have been <clears throat> uh, the answer to whether or not we feel like we've been successful or not, and uh, instilling that faith and what David mentioned a while ago is, you know, not just rules, but what what's the heart telling them when they're no longer in your sight, and what's you know, <clears throat> thankfully God went with them, and so we feel like that we trying at least to instill that they were answering to God and not doing just what mom and dad wanted them to do.
4: And one of the things that one of our kids said to us was that it it was so important <coughs> to, to not teach them to be perfect, but to teach them how to recover from mistakes mm-hmm. or failures. Mm-hmm. And that's huge, because they won't always be under your care for
3: John sixteen <clears throat> thirty three just about, uh, that you will have struggles in this world. You can learn these lessons now, or you can learn them 10 years from now, and they're going to be a lot more difficult to deal with that. <clears throat> but the comforting thing is that Jesus overcame the world, obviously. So.
4: And I don't think it changed after they left the house, other than we try to still be there, but wait to be asked. We're
2: working
0: on that. <laughs> 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 all right well griniers, go ahead and. all right um, I guess I'll go ahead and
5: start with a memorable moment many of you uh, in fact probably all of you were here for the Easter uh, when I talked about our uh, one of our sons that with uh, the switch and um, um, you know the lesson that I learned uh, to be honest he doesn't remember it but, uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, check with me afterwards. But the other memorable moment for me was uh, one time when, when the, uh, I lost, a job, lost my job that I thought was my career. I was laid off, one of the first ones to be laid off, and I told the family that evening at, at dinner. Dan was about five years old at the time. And um, that night when, when I prayed together with Dan, then he prayed, uh, thank you, Jesus, for giving Daddy a new job. And um, so we went on with the prayer, and then I told Dan afterwards, actually, Dad, Daddy just lost his job today, but thank you for praying for me. And then uh, I left the room and lost it. But anyway, um, the next night I put him to bed again, and he prayed again. Thank you, Jesus, for giving Daddy a new job. And that's when it slapped me in the face, the reality of a, an expectant prayer knowing that God was going to do it. That one is stuck with me. Yeah. What do you have, then, sweetheart? Um,
6: one of my big memories is that the kids, we kind of had a thing where we wanted them to work too, and especially our oldest son was just gung-ho to do anything. They'd have little garage sales. But um, finally somehow they got hooked up wanting to do the paper route. Um, so their first morning, they just... They came back, both the neighbor boy and our son crying because they could not find all the numbers. Mm-hmm. So Chuck went out with them and, and rode around with them and and helped them find all those. But um, for me how I'd get involved is on <coughs> Sunday mornings we'd have to get up really early, get all these huge papers folded back so I'd help them put them in the bags, and then I would um, we had an old pickup that was my grandfather's. We'd hop in that truck, and I would drive, and they would bang on the top of the truck every time I needed to turn. So if I was turning left, they'd bang on the side. Of that. Turn right, the boys would bang on that side, and I'd just be laughing hysterically because I was so tired. And so it's just funny, but anyway, just had a good time, and I, I just think it taught him so much. Then our younger son took over that job as Joe got older, um, but they. It was a good way to make money. They didn't make a lot, but they made enough that they felt like, yeah, this is worth
5: it. And okay. Second question regarding traditions. I'll let Lois talk about the uh, our meals together. But um, to be honest with you, as some of you have heard me talking about, if you want to call it a tradition or whatever, for me, it was consistent prayer. Um, especially for the last... Uh, probably 15 years that the kids were at home, then uh, I was grateful for opportunities that uh, every summer, or at least nearly every summer, um, I took at least one uh, opportunity to take a three or four day weekend for uh, prayer and fasting and uh, study. And a lot of that prayer, of course, was focused on the kids. But uh, I can sincerely say that for Lois and I, coming from non-Christian backgrounds, we had no idea how to raise kids. Uh, talk about broken home, talk about a dysfunctional home. Uh, it was a mess, and some of you know some of the details of that. But um, it was so bad that I went to Bob Land when I was ready to propose to Lois um, because um, asking him, look, Bob, should we even be marrying, given that we both are such a mess where are, we're are we coming from? Um, but through prayer, I'm honestly completely convinced that it was only through prayer and God's help that we had any hope of raising up the kind of kids that we had. Sweetheart, do you want to talk about our meals?
6: Um, well, we, we just planned really early on, and I'm sure a lot of you do that, we just always have meals together. We made sure that, especially as they got older and teenagers, they needed to um, be at the home at least for our evening meal. And... I always tried to make it really nice and set a pretty table, tried to cook the foods that they liked, and they still have really good memories of, of mom being a good cook. Um, I don't think we did anything really special that, you which know, I look back and think, well, maybe we should have had a little Bible reading or, you know, done a devotional. But anyway, I just think they have, they have good memories that we, that was one time where we really gathered together. and and made that an important special event.
5: This last question really threw me for a loop in terms of how do you evaluate successful parenting. I am not, we are not successful yet. We are still working on this. But it really got me to thinking and and considering who is an example of successful parenting. And I gave her a call this week and talked with her. Stephanie Murphy, she raised her kids. Christians. He, she's raising her grandkids, Christians. And continues to have an influence on her family. That is successful parenting. And I asked her, and I'll give you just bullet points, just briefly here, of some of her comments in our in our conversation together. Uh, Christian spouse is central. Um, she wasn't real good at being a parent, but she did the best she could. Not a lot of... she. Gail was the only one that... Was uh, a consistent income they didn't have a whole lot of things as the kids were young and she takes no credit for how they turned out uh, That it was God all the time, but she tried to be there consistently and she tried to be an example for them Prayer at mealtimes and at night was a consistent thing that she did commitment to coming to church and Sunday school being home When the kids <laughs> came home from school um, She said I. I I don't know a whole lot of scripture. I never did memorize too much. But, um, but you know, so that's not key to being able to, uh, to do anything.
0: <laughs>
5: that's just a reminder I need to wrap up. Uh, so <laughs> memorization was, you know, knowing the scriptures, that's not what it takes. Knowing God and prayer, I believe. Um, she just wanted to live the life. Um, quiet times for her, sporadic. You know, I was looking for some, wow, yeah, she had quiet time. She had devotionals. No. She just prayed. She lived a life. She was there for the kids. Uh, They brought kids over. Anyway, Stephanie Murphy, if you want to know what a successful parent is, talk with her. And my sweetheart. When it comes to raising difficult kids, it's one thing for her to tell you about it. It's one thing for you to read for about it, but you've got to see how she deals with difficult, challenging children. She's got it down.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I just wanted to add is um, we really believed in con- doing consequences. That if mm-hmm. the child did something, you know, they shouldn't have done. Not. <clears throat> One of the ex- instances is I know Joe tried, um, we found out he'd smoked with some friends. So, Chuck had read a thing where, you know, so then you take a whole pack of cigarettes and you say, okay, gotta smoke it all right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got through the first cigarette and he was just crying Sick. and upset, not feeling good. And, you know, so I think we let it go one cigarette. But just the trauma of having to sit there and smoke this whole cigarette in front of his parents. Um, just, really bothered him. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I've if he ever smoked again, you we know, sure. not <laughs> Another thing is sometimes you, what you think was huge events and, a, and really special, we'll talk to our kids and they don't remember those nope. at all. But nope. there's other things they'll bring up, oh no, this is <clears> what, throat> throat> this was what really was big in our life that you did and was special or, mm-hmm. so you know, you just do the best you can and like I said, prayer. I think is a big one. It's, yeah. it's God. It's not okay. what we do. We just go to church and be an example and and God will work in their lives. just have to trust.
0: All right. Um, so the next few questions we have, um, we'll just spend like a minute or so on each one, kind of get the group to like co-answer. So if you have something that you think is helpful on each question... Um, then go ahead and speak up. Otherwise, we'll, we'll just kind of go through these. So first, um, what role did organized church activities like youth group, um, worship services, camp, those kinds of things, what did those play in developing your kid's spiritual life?
1: Yeah, it's it just it's it's just critical that your kids just know that the community I, the, the word the church is so loaded you know is it this building is it Sunday morning but I think it's important that your kids know that you're connected to the community of believers in in like a like as an extended family and that takes presence and you know I'd say don't burden yourself with being at absolutely everything if you just can't but try to witness to your kids that being connected to your faith community is more important than sports, more important than academics, more important than things, because we come together and strengthen each other. And so we get a lot of these things. Yeah. And really
2: that it's, it's just an extension of our lives. You know, that it's, and we're the same. you know, hopefully <coughs> <typically coughs> people when we're with our church community as we are when we're in our homes, you know, or at work, or out in the community, or playing sports, you know, that we're the same. You know, that what, what our kids see is, is transparency and genuineness, and, um, you know, we're not compartmentalizing yeah. our, our, our spiritual lives. You know. yeah. Church right. isn't something we put on
0: yeah. Hopefully we did that. Yeah. Did you have anything to add? Yeah. Alright, so the next one. Um, what were some forces outside of your family that helped build your kids' faith? This was
5: something that, for me anyway, was uh, huge because I wanted other people to be mentors to our kids, not just Lois and I. That was essential. And two huge examples of that was uh, one with Joe, our son. He was uh, in chemical engineering. And we had uh, Jason Alveston come over and talk with him about, uh, um, about chemical engineering. And so he came over and talked with him, Joe when he was a sophomore, junior in high school. And then um, six years later, seven years later, Jason remembered, oh yeah, I need somebody to, to hire. Joe, yeah, I'll give Joe a call. That turned out to be the most outstanding career and manager he's ever experienced. Another real quick example of this is that when Dan went up to, uh, to uh, uh, University of Wyoming, <coughs> um, he got connected with the uh, Navigators group. And that, that spiritual um, uh, Christian group, boy, the mentoring that he got through that and the teaching was just outstanding. So I'm so grateful that, he had, that each of them had mentors outside of Lois and I because we don't have all the answers and we don't click at all times. Yeah.
0: Anything else to add?
4: I just would like to add, in case you have kids that are in sports, because that was a huge part of our family life, and we did it together, but um, <clears throat> with sports, it's a lot of outside forces, and you can the kids experience a lot of successes and a lot of failures, but it provided teaching moments for us, and it was something they wanted to do, definitely not something we pushed on them, but it, it was teaching moments to challenge them to rise above injustices and things that, that weren't right. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that we really stressed is you, you can't control what others do, but you can control how you react to what they do and let them see Christ through you.
1: Just, I'll just add on to what both families have already said. First of all, it's really important that your kids hear other adult voices saying what you say at home, what I'm fitting. And a youth minister can be a key part of that, but so can Bob Bland. so can just the people that you associate with the church. But it strengthens that other people that they look up to or respect or that seem to feel it in the fruits of the Spirit say similar things to you. Like I believe in Christ. Secondly, that with the fries, I think. Um, we, you know, there's a lot of ways to educate your kids. You can homeschool, you can partially homeschool, you can public school, you can private school. Uh, we had our kids in public school, and that experience provided a lot of resistance for them to grow against um, and to struggle against. And, and you can ask, we can have two of our kids in the classroom. You can ask them later if any of this is true. Um, but, but, you know, they went into the world every day, and it was it was a pretty anti-God world for a lot of it, and that resistance, those conversations about that, I'm not sure we always handled them right, but we had the opportunity to talk about, yeah, not everyone, and here's what we believe, and things like that. So both the positive, the mentors, the people in your church community, and the resistance supports the public education are both ways to strengthen faith.
0: Yeah. All right number three is uh, what's one thing you'd do differently if you could start over as a parent with the knowledge and experience that you have now?
3: One of the things that we had talked about was uh, when we began to be parents when we had our first and then the second and then the third um, after we had them we were obviously to all events at church every Sunday, Wednesday and so on. But I think what we did as parents was, <clears throat> if you can imagine a married couple, obviously they put God in the center of that Christian marriage. And I think what we began to do was when our kids came along, we put our kids in the center of that relationship between husband and wife. And then we took a parenting class that helped us to recognize that, <clears throat> and it really helped them. Then to, instead of putting the kids in the middle of our circle, our family circle, we simply added them to the circle. And we focused our energies and efforts with replacing God in the center of our family and our uh, relationship with our kids. So that is a visual that uh, really helped me, and I think us, to understand that I mean it's pretty simple right But we missed the mark and just weren't able to it just helped to refocus that idea that God should remain in the center of your family all the time and if if you have one or many children to add them to that circle keeping God in the it, that really helped us a lot Hmm.
0: any other things? I think we have
1: a thing do you want to
2: Sure. I mean, um, not parenting out of fear as much. I yeah. think there, at the scary times, it's, it's easy to, to parent out of fear rather than out of trust. And um, I think that I talked about the faith chapter, Hebrews 11. You know, just going through and reminding myself of what, what do they have their trust in? And it wasn't in their mm-hmm. own ability mm-hmm. to live a perfect life or to convey that to their kids. It was in God and the hope of the future um, resurrection that we have in Christ. Um, so just pa- parenting out of joy and conveying that to the to the kids. Yeah. Um, parenting out of the joy, the joy of the Lord.
6: Yeah. And trust.
0: Anything else? Oh, yeah, I was just going to bring up. A
6: movie I saw recently called I think it's called Arrows or Shooting Your Arrow or something, a Christian one. And I wish we would have had more structure in uh, bringing, like learning memory verses and devotionals into our home. Mm -hmm. I I see that could have been a really good thing, just preparing them more for their future with their wives and their children.
1: Yeah. Just real quick on what Kathy said, it's it's really easy to make. Like parenting your children 100% your work, the, the work that you have to do or else. And, and we all pray for our kids, and Chuck spoke to it very eloquently, but I think, and Kathy alluded to this, but just understanding that is the work of God along with our work. I would say work hard at it, mm-hmm. but don't trust in yourself. Don't put your trust in you. Um, do what you think God wants you to do and trust in don't Him. Don't burden yourself. It, it, yeah. it's all on you. Just real quick. Think of the burden we put on Christian parents. Eternity for your kids is in your hands. You know, <laughs> and we, you know, and I, you know, honestly, I've kind of controversial theories about that because I don't think it is, but, um, you know, you have to take that pressure off because otherwise every single thing that's, you know, a lie or a sin or immoral, you just think, man, if I don't fix this, they're going to hell. And that becomes fear, and becomes pressure, and you're solving things in the moment instead of taking the very long view. <coughs> and the final thing I say is, you know, we, we try to fix things really fast sometimes, not all the time, but you're you're planting seeds, and you're going to, have to plant them a thousand times the same seed over and over and over <laughs> and over and over and over. And over. And we get tired of it. I just want to plant the seed once. Be done with it. And we're going to do it this weekend, you know, and it just doesn't work that way. And I think that's one of the things we learned looking back. We do different.
0: And more often. Yeah. So, did you have something just quick read, to add?
4: One thing that we feel like is so important that we didn't do enough of is one-on-one time with each of your kids, mm-hmm. and we did everything as a family, and that's real important, but I think one-on-one time to give them the chance to share and, and all, and also if you ever see them comparing themselves with another sibling nip that in the bud and and i think
0: spending one on one time with them can help you know dissipate that yeah all right so there's two more questions and i'll kind of they're kind of similar so i'll kind of just like lump them together and let you kind of share and i did intend for you guys to be able to ask questions but there's this awesome cool thing where they're not celebrities and you all go to church with them so feel free to ask your questions whenever you want um, but so the last two questions what was one failure you had as a parent how did you recover from it and then the flip side what was one great success you experienced in parenting 15
5: second answer Okay. Um, on the bad side kids know how to push our buttons uh, responding in anger the, the, uh, resolve that apology yeah. um, on the second side um, greatest success marrying Christian wives uh, be praying for the spouse that is already alive for your kids. Be praying for the parents. Next. Right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we just put spend more time nourishing our own marriage. The greatest gift you can give your kids is that your marriage is strong and they don't come home wondering are you getting a divorce like Johnny's parents just did. Um, and um, helicopter parenting let go of the wheel. And I did a lot of helicopter parenting when they were young. And
5: now that I've
1: been in an elementary school for 21 years, <laughs> we know those parents. <laughs> <laughs> we kinda of answered this already. I think about the you know trying to make it your own work and trying to do it perfectly and those kinds of things was, was a failure. <laughs> and I, I did it on you know by the way, I will speak for myself, but probably uh is we we made a ton of mistakes. We're not up here because, you know, we got a hundred on the exam. And our kids can tell you, all of them. Um, and so we don't, you know, it's by the grace of God filling in the things that we did wrong. But we worked really hard at it, I would say. We, and I mean that in a positive way. We were intentional about going through life with God. And, and that was probably one of our biggest successes. I would say that um, when our kids got caught doing something really bad and scary, like really alarming and scary and they showed just even one ounce of contrition. I think we flipped pretty quickly to handling that with <coughs> compassion and without anger, uh, I remember a couple of times. And I, I think we did a couple of those pretty well. Probably about a third of them not as well. But you know, when your kid is, you know, like sad and got caught, you know, you have to approach it I think a little bit differently. There might still be consequences, but how those are delivered—the tone of voice—I think we occasionally did that. Would you both agree? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <not> at all. <laughs> You're sure you show you the scars. Yeah. And this is the final thing. You know, there's there's also a lot of ways to to parent and work and work at, you know. But you know, Kathy dedicated her life to raising her kids. She was summa cum laude in college. And could have done anything, and she dedicated her And I'm not saying that's the only way. I'm not saying it's the best way. I'm saying that was a, a thing in our family, which I was really grateful for. She was always present. You <laughs> can't work for everyone that way. I don't mean to put a guilt trip on anyone, but personally, I think that was um, a blessing. In our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right.
4: And if you do have to work, you. I, mean, I just feel so blessed that I was able to work a job where I had the same schedule as me to some other children, but it was far more valuable. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you all for, for sharing. I know that like we, we maybe kind of scratched the surface of like your questions on parenting, but um, like I said, feel free to talk to them afterwards or, or later today or throughout the rest of your time parenting and get their advice. Um, so yeah, I'll, we'll just go ahead and wrap it up now.